Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Evansville Baptist Church. It's good to have you all with us this morning. Good to have a lot of uh, parents of our bus kids with us this, e this morning as well. Uh, thank you all for coming. I would like to say this. If you're visiting with us this morning and we did not get you, uh, if this is your first time coming and you're visiting with us and we did not get you uh, a mug with some information in it, uh, please let us know after the service. We'll make sure that we get that to you. We'll make sure that you get that uh, after the service. We're uh, making sure that everybody got one. So anyhow, it's good to have you all with us this morning. We're going to begin with a hymn. If you get your blue hymn books that are in front of you there in the pew and turn to hymn Hymn 145, hymn number 145, O come all ye faithful, let's all stand together this morning, uh, stand if you're able to, and we'll sing hymn number 145. together and we get down to the chorus let's remember as we get down to that chorus we start the first one real quiet and then we get a little bit louder and then a little bit louder at the end but let's sing it out on that second verse this morning seated. We're going to have a word of prayer uh, to start our service with this morning. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for all those who are with us this morning. Lord, thank you for, uh, Lord, allowing us to come into your presence this morning, Lord, and sing your praises, Lord, and to open up your word together. Lord, I pray that your name would be glorified above all things this morning, Lord, and that, uh, Lord, we would be able to see what it is that you would have for us from the service today. Lord, I thank you for all of our visitors this morning. Lord, I pray that each and every one of them would gain a blessing from being here this morning. In your name I pray. Amen. I have a few announcements for us this morning real quick before uh, the kids come up for their, for, for their play. I do not have my bulletin with me, so I'll try to do it from memory. Amen. But uh, we've got a few things coming up here tonight. We have our Christmas, uh, our candlelight service this evening, and that's going to be this evening at 5 o'clock, and I want to invite you all to come and uh, be a part of that. Yes, yes, brother, thank you. That'll make me a little more accurate. Uh, I may be a little bit inaccurate without that this morning. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. So we've got our, of course, our candlelight service this evening at, at 6 o'clock in the evening. And it's going to be a wonderful, wonderful time. It's an old-fashioned candlelight service, so we're going to come together. Uh, we'll just have a few preliminaries, and then we're going to light the candles to the side, and then we'll all have candles. And uh, how many of y'all have ever been to an old-fashioned candlelight service before? Okay, so about 50% of y'all have been before, and uh, so you know it's a wonderful time. I always enjoy going to candlelight services, and I remember back growing up, and we always had one every year at our church growing up, and I always really enjoyed it. So that's this evening at, at 6 o'clock, and then 
I want to remind everybody uh, that coming up next week, I cannot believe that next week is Christmas Eve. Can anybody believe that? That is crazy. I can't believe that. But we have a special service that morning. Uh, we've got a special speaker coming to speak for us that morning. There will be no Sunday school, but there will be just a morning service that day. Uh, and then there will not be an evening service. But I'd encourage you, please come out for that. It's going to be a wonderful, wonderful time. And uh, please join us. Again, that's at 1045 for our morning service on Christmas Eve. And again, we've got a special speaker coming for that. So please uh, join us for that. And then ladies, I believe, is there still ladies Bible study this week, Marge? No, that's not there will not be... Okay, until the first of the year. So no Bible study uh, this week, uh, but uh, keep that in mind coming into the new year uh, that that will be taking place. Uh, but I believe that's all the announcements that I have uh, for this morning. Uh, so without further ado, uh, we're a little bit early, but we're going to have our kids come. And uh, they have got a Christmas play that they have been working on and working on, and we're set up for it. Uh, so we're going to give them just a second to get together here, and uh, I'm going to take my seat and let them take uh, the, the uh, part of the rest of the service uh, this evening. But I'm excited. I hope you're excited to see them this morning. And uh, without further ado, the children's Christmas play, The Gift of Christmas. to the beginning, to the first Christmas, in order to understand what Christmas really means. First of all, the Bible prophesies that Jesus would come and that we were to be prepared. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 3, the voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. We find that years after the prophets foretold this, a virgin would conceive and bear a son, and he would redeem all mankind. There's no way our little minds can comprehend the love of God, but that didn't keep him from coming. Mary and Joseph traveled to Bethlehem, and the angels told the shepherds the good news. Luke chapter four, ver chapter two, verse four through seven, and Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Ju Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was the house of line lineage of David. To be taxed with may he marry his expel's wife began get great with child and so it was that while they were there the days were accomplished that she should be delivered 
And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes. And laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. The light entered the darkness and everything changed. On that holy night, God sent his son to save us. Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 11. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone around about them, and very well sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Chapter 2, verses 12 through 17. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel of a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us go now, let us now go even unto Bethlehem. And see this thing which is come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in the manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which is told them concerning this child. While shepherds kept their watching o'er silent flocks by night, behold, throughout the heavens there shone a holy light. Go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain that Jesus. 
Sometimes we forget the true meaning of Christmas. Christmas is the most stunning rescue story of all time, and we need to remember that. Christmas is reassurance that God keeps his promises then and now. Matthew 2, 10 through 11. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. How deep the Father's love for us, no, vast beyond all measure, that he should give his only Son to make a wretch's treasure. How great the pain of searing loss, the father turned his face away as wounds which mar the chosen one bring many sons to glory behold the man upon the cross my sin upon his shoulders ashamed i hear my mocking voice call out among the scoffers it was my sin that held him there until it was accomplished his dying breath has brought me life. I know that it is finished. How deep the Father's love for us. So you see, Christmas is when God came to this world because he loved us. It was the birthday of a king. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only son his only begotten son that whoever so whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have an everlasting life. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. 
Romans chapter 3, verse 23. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And for the wages of death, for sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 5, 8, but God commendeth his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Romans chapter 10, verse 9, that if thou shalt confess with they mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt be, believe the thing, in thine heart that God hath raised from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Romans 10, 10, for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth Confession is made unto salvation. Um, we confess our sins and receive the gift of eternal life. Christmas should be about what we can give to God out of a heart of gratitude. These are our gifts to the King. My heart. My hands. My life. My service. My all. My all. I hope, in each and every, I hope each and every one in here knows the Lord Jesus as your personal Savior. Then you too can celebrate Christmas with us. Christmas, all 
the tinsel and lights, and the presents are nice, and the real gift is you. Happy birthday, Jesus. I'm so glad it's Christmas. All the carols and bells make a holiday swell, and it's all about you. Happy birthday, Jesus. Jesus, I love you. I did it. I did it. Oh, I finally did it. I finally realized I've been doing Christmas all wrong. It's not about me. It's about him. The one who was born to die so I could have eternal life. It's about celebrating the greatest gift ever given, Jesus. Oh, I have to go tell everyone about this. Come celebrate Jesus. Rejoice now and sing. Prepare for the King. Come celebrate Jesus. With great expectation and glad jubilation, rejoice. Make a joyful noise. Merry Christmas, everyone! Wonderful, wonderful. Let's give them another round of applause. That wasn't enough for them. They did amazing. Great job. So many, so many weeks and weeks of work have gone into that, and we're so grateful for all of that. Uh, if y'all would just stay up here for just a second, uh, Mrs. Harris and I, and then the church have something we'd like to give each of you. Uh, Miss uh, Marge, could you give us give us a hand real quick with this? Uh, if you want to give us a hand as well. Wow, wasn't that wonderful, everybody? Wasn't that amazing? Yeah, let's give them another hand. Thank you very much to Brother John and Miss Christina for putting this on for us. Let's give them a hand as well. Make sure that they can hear it downstairs. Oh, wonderful. Man, isn't it just wonderful to see these kids come up here and, and uh, give their memory verses that they've worked on and sing these songs. And you know what? They didn't do it for themselves. They did it for Jesus. They did it all for Him. And, and what a wonderful thing. Uh, I, 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 I often say uh, I wish a, a, some more of us were more like those kids. Uh, just uh, willing to serve. Oh, hi, Ms. Sherry. I didn't see you come in this morning. Good to see you. Uh, but anyhow, we're going to continue our service here uh, this morning. And uh, just got a few more things to do, and then we're going to have a quick message for you all. Uh, but I'm going to have our ushers come at this time. This is just our regular Sunday morning offering. If you are visiting with us this morning, we don't expect anything from you. We just want you to get a blessing. This is just our regular morning offering that we uh, get to give back as God's given to us. So, Brother Jesse, if you could give me a hand as well, please. And uh, we're just going to take our more. Again, if you're visiting with us this morning, we do not expect anything from you. We just want you to get a blessing by being here. This is just for us to give back to God as He has given to us. And uh, if you all remember, we are still uh, raising money for that furnace, so uh, keep that in mind as well. But let's have a word of prayer for the offering. Brother Jesse, would you give prayer this morning? Amen. They're going to take this offering. And, and uh, while they're taking the offering, if you want to get your Bibles up, we're going to turn to Luke chapter number 2. Luke chapter number 2 this morning. And if you don't mind, I'm just going to move these out of my way here so that I don't trip over them. Luke chapter number two. If you don't have a Bible with you this morning, there should be one in the pew in front of you. That weighs about 20 pounds. Good night. There should be one in the pew in front of you. Luke chapter number two this morning. Luke chapter number two. And again, thank you all for being with us this morning. Thank you, visitors, for being with us this morning as well. And again, we hope that you are blessed by being here with us this morning. And uh, if you haven't been blessed already, then my goodness, uh, those kids were a big blessing. They blessed my heart to hear those kids up there singing. And uh, you know what? Uh, here's the thing. It doesn't matter if they were on key or not because they weren't singing it for us. They were singing for God. And I say the same thing about myself. I'm off key about 90% of the time, but I'm not singing it for y'all. I'm singing it for God. Amen. Uh, so again, wonderful to have you all with us this evening. Luke chapter number two, if you'll turn there with me, verse number one, I'm going to read for you the Christmas story. I'm not going to be very lengthy this evening, uh, or sorry, this morning. I'm never going to get that right. If you're one of our regular church members, then you know I can never get it right between morning and evening. 
uh, when Sunday rolls around, it's all the same time of day to me. So, uh, but anyhow, Luke chapter number two, verse number one, it says here, and it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you, ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go, even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste, and found Mary and Joseph, and the babe lying in the manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, as it was told unto them. This morning I will not have a lengthy message. Uh, I would like to really reiterate what it was that the theme of that play was that these kids just put on. I'd like to reiterate to us this morning what the true meaning of Christmas is. And the title of my message this morning is simply this, The Gift of Christmas. The Gift of Christmas. I'll begin after we have a word of prayer with a poem, and then I'll end with another poem. And I believe that both of these will, uh, that we read, or that I'll read this morning, will give us the perspective that we need going into this Christmas holiday. This morning we will briefly take a look at, the, again, the same topic of the title of the play that we just watched, The Gift of Christmas. Let's have a word of prayer and we'll get into the message this morning. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for this time that we get to spend together this morning, Lord, opening up your word and learning from it, Lord. I pray that you speak to hearts this morning, Lord. I pray that my words would not be heard, Lord, but that you would take over the service today, Lord, and that your words would be heard. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you be with all those who are here today, Lord. Let us have open hearts, Lord, and open minds to hear what it is that's in your word that you want for us to hear today. In your name I pray. Amen. T'was the night before Christmas, and all through the earth, every creature was stirring, awaiting a birth. The time for Messiah was certainly near. The prophets foretold it. The Bible was clear. From the book of beginnings, the very first sin, God's word made it clear how his grace entered in. Born of a virgin, he'd come as a man. The creator among us, the time was at hand. The stars were arranged to show marvelous things setting wise men to journey and find the true king. Shepherds in Bethlehem gazed on the sky, longing to see him, their Lord, the Most High. How could they know that the very next night an angel of God would speak words of delight? How the Savior was born, it was news of great joy. In a cloth, in a manger, they'd find the dear boy. And a heavenly host would soon join to sing of the glory of God and of wonderful things. He entered creation, set position aside to show us how deeply his love did abide. Sin sent us away from our almighty Lord. He became one of us that we might be restored. He's the prince of our peace. He's the one who makes whole. He is wisdom incarnate, a shepherd of souls. He's the author of life, the ruler of all. He can offer salvation on his name we call. The shepherds and wise men would bow to adore. Holy God among men, our greatest reward. All glory and honor is due to this king. Let all join in worship. Let every tongue sing. Jesus is Lord. All creation proclaims. He's the first and the last. He is always the same. History turned on the first Christmas day when God became man in a humble display. As we think of the manger in which he was laid, let our hearts welcome him to the world he has made. What a special moment has just taken place in our world at the moment of Jesus' birth. 
We have been going through on our uh, Sunday nights and Wednesday nights a series from the cradle to the cross. And it's been a wonderful journey that we've taken from the birth of our Christ to the death of our Christ on the cross. It begins, of course, with his birth, and there was great excitement uh, of his birth. We see the, the shepherds who came and, and found him uh, really in their place of work, if you think about it, that lowly stable there. And for the shepherds to know that their Savior, the one who is going to save them, was being born in their place of work, in a lowly place where he could be reached. The Bible tells us that Jesus, uh, it says that he was not a high priest who uh, was not touched with our infirmities but was tempted in every way like as we are, yet without sin. Our Savior had to go through all the same things we did. And as I think about this special moment that just took place, I think about a verse in John, chapter number 1. Verses 10 and 11 say this, He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. How interesting for the birth of our Christ to take place, and for nobody to know that he was there except for the shepherds and his parents, and then eventually the wise men who came to see his birth as well. Not many people knew that our Savior was born at this time, yet uh, how much would they have known how much it has changed our world from that moment on? At this moment in time, not many people knew it, but the hope of all mankind had just been born. As we all navigate this Christmas season, there are many things that are on our minds. There are presents to buy and to wrap, food to prepare and to eat. I will be eating a lot of food this Christmas, amen? Family to greet and to spend time with, and houses and trees to decorate. There is always a lot going on in this season, yet the one thing that can so often be overlooked during the Christmas time of year is the true meaning of Christmas and that true gift of Christmas. The children, we just watched them, did an entire play dedicated to the true meaning of Christmas. And I'd be amiss if I did not speak on that for a few moments this morning. I wrote a poem yesterday as I was studying. Uh, the Lord uh, put some words in my mind. I began to develop it into a, a poem. And I, I'm not a great poet by any means. Uh, so, so bear with me as I read this. Uh, if the cadence is off, English teachers... Uh, do not uh, look down on me, okay? Uh, and if, if there's some weird words in there, then just know I made up some words to make it right. No, I'm kidding. I didn't do that. So the reason for Christmas. The reason for Christmas is not just the manger. The reason of Christmas is really much greater. Yes, our Savior was born on the first Christmas night, and the angels rejoiced. Oh my, what a sight. There wasn't much room in Bethlehem that night, and the wise men, they followed the star that was bright. The shepherds rejoiced at the sight of our Savior, lying there perfect in the stable's humble manger. The reason for Christmas we cannot ignore. The reason for Christmas is so much more. It is not because of the tree and the lights. It's because of our Savior who sacrificed. I wish this old world could just understand the reason for Christmas across this great land. If we would just realize and turn from our sin, the Savior would save us and welcome us in. So as we collect all the gifts in our stocking, our God and our Savior awaits in his knocking. Please open the door. He calls out today. You too can be saved if you willingly pray. The reason for Christmas is greater than all. Just give him your heart and your life lest you fall. The reason for Christmas, I hope you will glean, the reason for Christmas is John 3.16. John 3.16 simply says this, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. The reason Jesus was born in a manger was ultimately so that he could come and die on the cross to save sinners. This is the entire reason for his birth. He had to be born in a lowly place so that he could eventually die on the cross for us. All of this was because of God's great love for each and every one of us. Did you know that God loves you this morning? Did you know that God died for you? He sent his son down to this earth to die for you this morning. Did you know that he did that for you? He did that for me. The true gift of Christmas is the true gift of salvation. 2 Peter 3, verse 9 says this, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but as long-suffering to us were not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God has so much love for us, and so much love for you, that he sent his Son to be sacrificed for our sins. 
Romans 3.25 says this, Whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. That word propitiation, uh, it's a bit of a weird word, uh, but that really just means the atonement or the price that was paid for the wrongdoing that we have done. Jesus came down to this earth as one who was perfect. We looked at that in, in our series, From the Cradle to the Cross. We looked at how when Jesus came to this earth, there was no sin in him. There was, he never sinned, not once. He was the only man who ever lived on this earth who never sinned, not even once. Yet he still was willing and humble enough to lay down his life on that cross for us. 1 John 2, verse number 2 says, And he is the propitiation for our sins, and not for our sins only, but also for the sins of of the world. You know, Jesus didn't die for one group of people. Jesus didn't die for just the people who were alive during the time that he was alive. Jesus died for everybody who was there at that time and everybody who would come years to come in the future. 1 John 4 verse 10 says this, Herein is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us, and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Our Savior who had no sin in him, willingly became the propitiation or the payment for our wrongdoing. We all know we could all raise our hand this morning and say that we've all sinned, amen? We've all done something wrong at some point in our life, and, and uh, your pastor is up here today and saying, I am no different. I have sinned just as much, if not more, than everybody in this room here. We've all sinned. And because of that sin, we all know what that means. We all know what, our, what we deserve because of our sin. Uh, the Bible tells it very clearly. But isn't it wonderful that Jesus sent, or God sent his son Jesus to die here on this earth so that we did not have to have the wages of our sin? The Bible says the wages of sin is death, but. Isn't it wonderful when the Bible has that word but in there? The wages of sin is this, but God commended his love toward us. In that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The Bible talks about how, it, isn't it crazy that one who has no sin, uh, even though we were still sinning at the time, he still died for you and I? When we were in the midst of our sin, when I was in the midst of my sin, and I'll tell you this, uh, I've been a bit, pretty bad person in my life. It, God still uses me. And you know what? When I was in the middle of my sin, that was when Christ died for me. He, wasn't, he, he didn't die for my goodness. He died for my sin. That sin that's in your life, whatever it may be, because we all have it. Even your pastor has sin in my life that I've got to get rid of. You know, Christ died for that. If you're saved and born again this morning, then when Christ looks at you, he no longer sees your sin. He sees the blood of Jesus on the cross. That blood that was freely shed for you and I. Yet if you do not have the gift of salvation that you've accepted, then he does not see the blood of Christ. He only, he, all he can see then is the sin. Salvation is what wipes the slate clean. It gives you a clean slate with God. It wipes away that sin. That's what the blood of Christ does. You know, he made a way when there was no way. Before Christ, before, before he died for you, there, there's no way for you to know Salvation. When we think of Christmas this year, let's remember the true reason for the season. Not just the little baby in the manger, but the man who died on the cross for your sins. I will close this morning with a poem and a simple question. This is, again, twas the night before Christmas. But in this case, it was twas the night before Jesus came. And all through the house, not a creature was praying. Not one in the house. Their Bibles were laying on the shelf without care in hopes that Jesus would not come there. The children were dressing to crawl into bed, not once ever kneeling or bowing a head. And Mom in her rocker with Baby on her lap was watching the late show while I ate a snack. When out of the east there arose such a clatter, I sprang to my feet to see what was the matter. Away to the window I flew like a flash, tore open the shutters and threw up the sash. When what to my wondering eyes should appear but angels proclaiming that Jesus was here. With a light like the sun sending forth the bright day, I knew in a moment this must be the day. 
The light of his face made me cover my head. It was Jesus returning just like he had said. And though I possessed worldly wisdom and wealth, I cried when I saw him in spite of myself. In the book of life, which he held in his hand, was written the name of every saved man. He spoke not a word as he searched for my name when he said, It's not there. My head hung in shame. The peoples whose names had been written with love had he gathered to take to his father above. With those who were ready, he rose without a sound, while all the rest were left standing around. I fell to my knees, but it was too late. I had waited too long, and this sealed my fate. I stood and I cried as they rose out of sight, Oh, if only I had been ready tonight. My question this morning is very simple. Will your name be written down? Will your name be written down? When, when Jesus comes back will, and he reads the list of names in that book, will your name be there? Will you be ready? We already looked at this, but Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but, again, there's that wonderful word that gives us hope, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The gift of salvation is the only thing that will ready you for that day. You know, for those who are saved and born again on their way to heaven, we're excited for that day. Because that's the moment we get to see our Savior face to face. For those who are not ready this morning, please accept that gift of salvation. If I were to give you any gift this Christmas, I, I, I wouldn't want to give you money. I wouldn't want to give you a car. I wouldn't want to give you a new house. I want to give you that gift of salvation. That gift that God sent his only son to this earth to die for. Acts chapter number 4, verses 10 through 12 say this, Be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. There's nothing else in this world other than the name of Jesus Christ that can save you this morning. There's nothing other than humbly calling out to him. You know, I'll say this, it's, it's, it's not hard to get saved. It's not hard to accept a gift of salvation. I'll tell you this as well. Uh, a gift would not be a gift if I asked for it back, would it? If I gave you a gift this morning, and I admit it was a wonderful gift. It was a gift that uh, was very expensive. And I give it to Marge this morning, and two weeks later I say, Oh, you know what? Can I have that back? You, 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 uh, you irritated me this week. I'd like to have that back. That's not how it works with salvation. And that's not how it works with a gift, is it? I only let you borrow it if I took it back after two weeks. The gift of salvation is a gift that once you've gotten it, the Bible says that once you're a part of the family of God, you will in no wise be cast out. It is not uh, because you, are, you have been blessed by somebody, and it's not just because you've been baptized, it's because you've accepted Jesus Christ into your heart as your Savior. That is what salvation is, and that is what the true gift of Christmas is. My final question this morning is this. Will you make that important decision this morning? Have you, if you have it this morning, then will you accept? If you have this morning, will you rejoice with me? Rejoice with me for our Savior who came down to this earth and for our Savior who died who gives us hope in our hearts. Will you rejoice with me this morning? Again, if you don't know the Lord is your Savior this morning, it's very simple. It's a very simple decision. You have to, number one, understand that you're a sinner. We already established that. We've all sinned. We, we've all done things that are wrong in our lives. Even if, we're not, uh, even if we haven't done anything we consider really bad, we've all probably stolen a cookie from the cookie jar at one point, haven't we? I'm sure I've, if you can see uh, your pastor this morning, I've stolen a lot of cookies from the cookie jar. We've all done things that are wrong. We know that. And we know that the Bible says that because of our sin, and because of that, we deserve death and hell. We need to understand as well that number three, Christ died for us so that we didn't have to go to that place. The Bible says that God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That's why he sent his son to die for you. 
Because he wants you, and here's the thing, I want you to see you there as well. Hey, we don't know where this world is going, amen? This world is all over the place. We, we don't know what's up and what's down anymore. Our world has gone uh, so crazy in the past few years, I can hardly even believe that it's the same world that I lived in five years ago. We don't know what's happening in this world. There's a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of uncertainty with the economy and with uh, money and all these things. There's so much going on. But I'll tell you this. There's one thing that's constant, and that's the Word of God. There's another thing that's constant, and that's your salvation. Your salvation doesn't ebb and flow with the markets of this world. Your salvation is on a level playing field for your entire life. Salvation is by grace through faith, meaning you've got to have faith in Jesus. You've got to know that he died for you. You've got to know that you're a sinner, and you've got to know that he rose again to pay for your sins. Because of that, and if you do believe that, then you can simply call out today. The Bible says uh, that with the heart, uh, or with the mouth, confession is made to salvation, and with the heart, um, I missed the words there, but anyhow, it's in Romans, and you can look it up, Romans chapter 8. Uh, but anyhow, I missed it there, but uh, that is, we've got to confess with our mouth and believe in our heart. It's very simple. It's not a difficult thing. And you know what salvation does? Not only does it reserve you a spot in heaven, not only does it reserve you that mansion that's prepared for you in glory, but it also gives you a new life here on earth. Maybe you've got some uncertainty in your life today. Maybe you've got uh, some heartache in your life today. Maybe you've been hurt. Maybe, maybe you've got some great turmoil that you're in today. You can find new life in Christ. To find new life here on this earth, you don't have to uh, get rid of all your electronic devices and go find an island somewhere in the Caymans. You can find it right here where you're at. There's new life in Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us that when you've accepted Christ, you become a new creature. The old person is gone. Now you're a new person. You have new life. You know what it also comes with is peace. The Bible says that when you've accepted Christ, there's a peace that passes all understanding. And, and you know what? There's a lot of difficulty that go on in this world right now. I'm sure every one of us could raise our hand today and say, hey, I'm going through something. Your pastor can do it. I'm sure every person in this room could say, hey, I'm going through something today. I'm going through something this week. Hey, it's, it's hard to pay my bills. Uh, I'm having a rough time uh, with my family. Uh, my family ties aren't as good as I want them to be. Uh, I'm having a rough time with some relationships here. Tell you, getting saved doesn't always fix everything right away, but it's the first step in the path to getting some of those things fixed. Reconciled relationships, financial peace. You know, there's a lot of uh, things in the Bible that we don't expect to see in the Bible. But I'll say this, every question that you've ever had about your life, you can find an answer to it right here. A life of turmoil can become a life of joy through salvation. Here's the thing. Joy does not always mean happiness. Some people mistake that. Some people say joy is just being happy all the time. Well, I'll tell you, I have a joyful life, and I'm not happy all the time. There's times of great sadness, but you can still have joy. I think of that song, Victory in Jesus. It, it, does it seem like you're not able to get over that mountain today? Does it seem like you're climbing and climbing and climbing? It doesn't seem like you're making it anywhere? Well, there's victory in Jesus. Jesus' death on the cross, his burial and his resurrection, paved that way for you to have a victorious Christian life. It paved that way to a prosperity in your life. I'm not saying about a financial prosperity, but about a spiritual prosperity in your life that you've never felt before. A prosperity in so many different ways. But also it gives you great hope. There's not much hope if you look at the world today. There's not much hope if you look at our government today. There's not much hope if you look at uh, all these, I mean, just situations all over the world. There, there's wars all over the place. I mean, it, it's crazy to see. I didn't think I'd see it in my time, but just the, 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 the conflict in our world today you may think, well, there's not much hope. Well, I'll tell you, there is hope. It may not be uh, uh, the kind of uh, thing that would make you happy all the time, but it'll give you joy. 
and it's great hope to know that no matter what happens in this life, there's a Savior and a God who is above all and is more powerful than all, who will come into your life and save you. And I'll tell you this, when you accept Christ as your Savior, everything changes. Everything changes. It may take some time to get back home to where to get back to where you want to be. But I'll say this is a great change that comes. And it may be a little bit of a hard change at first, but it's a good change. And it's a change that you'll never give up the rest of your life. Or you'll never want to give up. The gift of Christmas and the meaning of Christmas. While the world is uh, keeping their focus on Santa Claus and and uh, the presents and the Christmas tree and and all of that stuff. And hey, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. It's okay to have some fun with Christmas, but let's keep our minds on the true meaning of Christmas. I'll tell you this. When I think of Christmas time, I rejoice because of my salvation. Because of that little child who was born, rose from the dead, saved me. And you too can have that salvation this morning. Just ask him humbly to save you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father God, not a very lengthy message this morning, Lord, but a very necessary one. Lord, I pray that if there is anybody here this morning, Lord, that does not know you as their Savior, that they would not take one more step, that they would not move from this place, Lord, without making a decision. Lord, it's such an easy decision to make, or such a simple decision to make, yet the devil makes it so hard. Lord, if there's somebody in here today, Lord, I don't, I don't know everybody's situation or everybody's story, Lord, but I pray that if there's one here today, that maybe their heart has been hardened to your word, that they would open their heart this morning. Lord, I pray that if there's any here today that are uncertain, that don't know if they were to die today, they would be with you in glory. Lord, I pray that you touch their hearts. Lord, I pray that you work in their heart. Lord, for those today who do know you as their Savior, Lord, I pray that they would rejoice more than ever because of your birth. Lord, because you sent your Son down to this earth to robe himself in human flesh and die for us. I pray that we would rejoice for that. The altars are open. The piano is going to play. And as it does, maybe the Lord has spoken to your heart this evening or this morning. Maybe the Lord has spoken to you and Maybe you don't know that you're on your way to heaven. Maybe you don't know what it means to be saved. The altars are open, and if you'd like to make that decision today, you come. It's very simple. There's any of us here in this room would be willing to take you aside and show you what it means to be saved. You know, salvation is the decision that makes all the rest of your decisions. The altars are open. This is your opportunity. Nobody's looking around and nobody can see anything. I would ask you this morning, if you know the Lord Jesus as your Savior, I'd ask you to please raise your hand this morning. If you know the Lord, raise your hand. Raise your hand. Okay, put your hands down. If you would say this morning, or if you could say this morning, again, I will not single you out. I will not embarrass you in front of anybody, but if you would say this morning, I don't know for sure. I don't know for sure if I would die, if I died today, if I would go to heaven. If that's you this morning, slip your hand up. If you don't know this morning, slip your hand up. Again, I will not single you out. I will not embarrass you. Okay, put your hand down. You know, this morning is the perfect time to get that right. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior this morning, come to me after the service and I'll, I'll speak with you about it. I'll show you through the Bible what it means to be saved and how you can know for sure that you're going to heaven when you die. Don't go from this place this morning without making that decision. Again, the altars are open and you come. Father God, I thank you for allowing us to meet together today, Lord. Thank you for all these kids who did an amazing job, Lord, with their play that they've done this morning. Lord, I pray that as we have seen it, Lord, I pray that it will have touched our hearts and that we would remember the true meaning of Christmas and what it's all about. 
Lord, I pray that as we go through this Christmas season that we keep our eyes on you. Lord, I thank you for all those who are here today, Lord, and I pray that if there's anybody that does not know you as their Savior, that they'd make a decision today to get that fixed and get that remedied. Lord, we love you. Thank you for meeting with us this morning. Lord, I pray as you take us home safely this afternoon. Lord, and bring us back this evening for our candlelight service. In your name I pray. Amen. We're going to sing one more hymn together before we dismiss. If you'll stand with me, we'll turn to hymn 132 in your red in your blue hymn book. Sorry. Angels we have heard on high. We'll sing the first, the second, and the last this morning. 132. Angels we have heard on high. We'll be But before that, I'd like to make a quick announcement. We do have candy bags on the back uh, counter over here. And uh, so Marge is going to be handing those out after the service. Uh, so get with her. But we're going to close our service in a word of prayer. Brother Ray Riggleman, would you close our service this, this morning?